0: guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a really fantastic guest for you today, Kim Razdiba. I hope I pronounced that correctly, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and today we're going to be talking all about branding, uh, your personal face. We're going to talk about the difference between personal brand versus resume, writing, and I'm happy to welcome Kim to the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Christopher. I really look forward to having this uh, conversation with you.
0: Yeah. So you're actually a branding guru. You're an author, speaker. You've got a blog, um, you know, so much and kind of set the stage, talk about your experience, background and how you came to be doing what you're doing.
1: Sure. No, thank you. Uh, so I I graduate with a, a business degree in e- uh, economics, um, not a necessarily direct route uh, to what I do today. Uh, I started in marketing uh, in a um, a large uh, a petroleum company downstream, and I did sales promotions, did uh, advertising, and I really enjoyed the communication aspect and brands. So I actually went from client side to agency side. I worked for Ogilvy, one of the world's largest uh, agencies, for about ten years. I worked on uh, Shell was one of my major clients. Uh, worked with a couple of other uh, Fortune five hundred companies as well went to small agency and then I actually went back to client side as time went on and brands have been sort of the, the center to everything I've been doing because, you know, if I look back, uh, I wish I knew what I knew today when I was helping brands way back when, uh, I have a better understanding of brands, uh, today and they are complex.
0: Yeah, it's uh you know especially with social media coming out and people redefining them their personal brands um it's like almost like a new distribution channel now we've got AI as well and we'll talk about a little bit about that um so I love this idea so kind of talking about you know you talk about exploring the five C's of branding which everybody can check out in your book um and with your extensive experience can you elaborate on these elements and share uh case study or example where yeah. these were applied
1: yeah no absolutely so the five c's are really sort of just to help compartmentalize the different components of a brand but before i get there uh i'm going to tell you what i think a brand is because i think it's hard for people to understand what is a brand uh and i'd love to get into the conversation about personal brand versus you know a a box of cereal they're different they're not the same um, but for me, a brand isn't about what it says or does, but how it makes its customers feel. It oh. sounds very similar to a very famous quote um, by uh, Mila Angelo, but it is about how it makes the consumer feel. So they own the brand. You can influence it, absolutely. And that's where the five C's comes into it. But they own it they're the ones the receivers and they're the ones that determine what your brand is so the five c's really starts with commitment so commitment is the why why is this brand exist today it's your vision it's your purpose it's your promise what is your promise to your customer you know what can they expect every time um, they interact with your brand the second one is is the construct now this is the easy one most people understand it's the logo it's the name of the brand it's the it's the tonality it's the color palette it's all the components that make and feel this brand the third one is your community and you know some people say ah i thought it was going to be customer uh yeah customer is part of your community but your community is much bigger than just your customer it's your employees, it is your stakeholders, it's your influencers. Hugely important when you're starting a brand to have influencers because they can amplify uh, what your brand represents. And then the next one, the fourth one is content. And this is kind of all the marketing aspects of branding. So it's it's all the touch points. It's, you know, everything from, you know, a sign in in the window of your, your outlet, if you've got a sign or you've got an outlet, it's walking in to the, to the waiting area. Uh, all of these are signals of, of your brand and communications. Um, it's the advertising. If you do advertising, it's the public relations, it's the influencers. Again, how do they communicate and what are you giving them to help, um, amplify? So it is all that content, um, that, that, uh, makes the, the brand actually live. And then the final one, I think this one here, this is the one that I think is probably the boringest, but it's probably the most important one and that's consistency Hmm. and consistency is all about how does this, how do you deliver your promise every time, everywhere? So if you're a brand that's, you know, an international brand, let's say Starbucks. You go into a starbucks in athens greece or you go to a starbucks in seattle washington you're going to have the same experience now there may be things that might be different on the menu but you'll have the core items and that experience will be identical how does that happen there's a whole bunch of things that have to happen behind the scenes there's the governance there is the training there is the policies there is You know, there's an SOP uh, attached to something. There is a supply network to ensure that that quality is the same everywhere. So that one is probably the most important one. uh, And it's the one that I have most time struggling with because the other ones are far more interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, And uh, so I love this idea. You also talk about... um, this differentiating between a resume and a personal brand, and especially highlight that in today's digital age, is it better to have a personal brand or have a strong resume? Um, you know, people looking to jump ship, change careers, switch jobs, etc. So, I think we kind of
1: misuse um, branding when we say personal brand. Absolutely, we need to have an identity. And, and an identity could be brand, and I'm not going to quibble whether it's a brand or not a brand, but you know you look at a box of cereal, and that's not a human being. And, and I, I love the quote uh, that's out there is that um, brands are trying to become more human, and humans are trying to become more like brands. And there's a, there's a, a middle way there, because when you look at a box of cereal, it has been well crafted in all the elements, everything that's in that. So that consistency of what is in there, the product ingredients to the outside, to the design, to the packaging, how all that happens. And it is, you know, it's a lot of construct that's taking place there. A human being is far more complex. Our personalities are multidimensional. The personality of a brand is pretty fixed. <laughs> it's not, you know, you're not going to spend a whole evening talking to a brand. It's going to be rather boring because you're going to know exactly what they're going to say. Whereas a human being, you're not sure, you know, depending if you've been drinking wine, their their personality is going to shift and change. That's a human being. So so while we want to be constructed into a brand, and they're not to say that we can't. It's just let's be careful that we're not trying to be a box of cereal. Because as a human, we want to interact with humans, and so and there's many elements to that. So, sure, you can do some construct. You can have a look of your brand. You can have a name to your brand. You know, you can have certain elements that make it feel that it's you. There's a personality. You know, I you know if I, I came into your house, Christopher, and you came to mine, then uh-huh. oh yeah, that kind of fits your personality, right? Yeah. Uh, a color palette. You know, but understand that you are, you can't be so fixed. And that's what you're seeing with some famous people. Uh, or, you know, when you become famous, then you can become brand and you, you utilize that fame to sell products. And that gets into trouble if your brand, you're not sticking to the brand metrics that you've defined up upfront. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is a really good example of a brand uh, where she does, she knows, she, you know, there's a great video on YouTube yeah. where she talks about her becoming a brand. And she said, you know what? I I said I was not a brand for many, many years until she understood what a brand was. And one of the key elements that she understood was the consistency. And when she understood that, she goes, well, I am consistent. So therefore, I must be a brand. And so she did actually uh, finally realize that she was a brand. But we see only pieces of her life. We only see pieces of what she wants to show us because the rest is her own personal. And so, you know, she's on when she's on and she's not there when she's actually being a human being, because uh, Queen Elizabeth, Um the second, uh, another wonderful example of being a brand. She was a brand. Her, her face was on, you know, currencies. She, her face was <laughs> on stamps, but we only saw a piece of that person when she came out, you know, in her you know, bright yellow or bright blue um outfit with a hat and purse, you know, and we recognize exactly that would be her, but we only saw a glimpse because what we saw was the brand. Yeah. And I don't think people want to live that life. So a resume, resume is, you know, I think a good starting point because that it represents who you are from a business perspective. And if you can put your business hat on and go, okay, this is my brand. And then you walk away from that. I think that's a good way to, to actually approach it. But today ec- there's this expectation that you're a brand all the time when you're a personal brand, you mm-hmm. know, you have got influencers out there. that are trying to create this image and it's really hard for them to stay in character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so um, in today's, age, Um, is it better to have a, like, in what context would be better to have a, a resume versus a personal brand? Or, you know, kind of, I know, you know, consumption habits are changing, you know, we've got social media AI. So, you know, what are your thoughts?
1: So, if you are representing uh, an organization or a business, so you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, uh, a dentist, you probably should have a, a, a brand, but it doesn't have to be so in-depth you know, when I go across the five C's, that you have to touch all five C's to a depth that you would, you know, like a, a box of cereal would have. But you should have components. You should know why you're there. You should know what's your why. You should know, you should have your uh, your elevator speech, your, 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 your one minute, who are you? Why is this important to you? Uh, why should you work with me? Uh, and then you should have some other elements. If you're just working for an organization and you're a career person, I think a resume is probably pretty good, but social media also drives you to want to have some sort of a brand, um, some sort of, what do you look like? Uh, And so there are elements that you can pull in there uh, from a branding perspective, but I wouldn't, I mean, you don't have to build a following. You don't have to be a leader. Uh, You know, I think of a, a, you know, a physician, and go, you know, how important is a brand for a physician? You've got a, a clientele that comes in. You've got, what, 2,000, maybe 3,000 patients. I don't know if you've got to have to have a huge presence uh, in social. I, it doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. And when, when, kind of to add on to that idea, uh, I want to talk about social media AI, but kind of to talk about, you know, um, because I know a lot of physicians, for example, they they built robust practices. You know, they're top surgeons or, you know, internists or whatever. And uh, then 2020 hits and all the hospitals shut down. Uh, what do you do then when you don't have a personal brand?
1: Well, even with a personal brand, I'm not sure if the hospital is down. You can still practice. Uh, you, need, you need a place to practice. Um, we saw this with lots of different industries, right, uh, where people weren't able to do their uh, practice. So good thing is we're back in a in the world uh and that's not necessarily the case today but you need a following absolutely. You need customers but customers aren't necessarily brand driven um in the sense of you start a relationship you know go back to what is, how do I make you feel? Is it is of those soft softer points um absolutely the product that you're going to be delivering has to be the best product ever. Uh, that, you know, if, you, if you're helping somebody get better, then you're helping them get better. Uh, you're giving them solutions um, to help them with their lives. Uh, these are really important solutions that you're helping. So on that front, are you going to be advertising? No, I don't think you're going to be advertising. Word of mouth is still so important. Um, it is the most highly used influencing tool in the world now it's now become you know from a social perspective uh so we all get rated um dentist gets rated physicians get rated um authors get rated books get rated uh we live by these things and and we live by them because we have a value and our commitment so you go off with our commitment our promise if we deliver on our promise you know, I don't think you have to worry about your reviews.
0: Yeah. 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 Love that. You know, moving on, this idea of um how has you know personal branding changed in the area of era of social media and AI now? Um, you know, what is it is it amplified it? I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So social media, I mean, I, I can go dark pretty quick here and and, and say that <laughs> social media is the driver of personal branding uh and the reason i say that is it is something that they would love because this is content they want everyone to actually push out content you know they want everyone to create an image on online you know ie write you know comments uh, write articles (laughs) uh, put videos you know TikTok. uh these are all channels that need content. And if you're building a brand, guess what? How do you build a brand? Through content. You know, it's not just your your name, it's not just the color palette. You've got to actually put content in there. So and the content has to be consistent. So I don't know. I I sometimes wonder you know who's driving whom uh as to the need here. Uh again, I, I'm a conspiracist in this, but <laughs> I go to AI. AI is is there as a tool to help. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go, oh, I, I don't feel like posting something today. But you know, you look at the algorithms, and it, you know, you got to keep feeding it. If you don't keep feeding it, then you're not your stuff's not going to get pushed out, and you're not going to get the eyeballs that you need. And you you now get addicted to the eyeballs. And how many eyeballs did you get on this particular post? ai is helpful it can actually repurpose content so quickly you can put content in and go hey uh, you know i want you to post this uh write this as a facebook i want you to write this as a linkedin um, and i want you to write a, another piece um from an instagram perspective it can even make take uh and develop images as well but yeah i use it in those cases where i just you know i, I i'm not up for writing another post uh, do i take the entire thing that they write no because usually it's not um, in the my language the way i would write it but it get me started it gets me started to say oh, okay that's an interesting way of of you know putting that point across i'll take a little piece of it and you know embellish it
0: yeah yeah i love that and um you know it's just basically it's amplified everybody it's given everybody a mic and you know you can go to Onto the town hall and just broadcast your message, and um, you know, with AI now you can scale that, um, uh, yeah. which is really interesting. Um, so kind of you, I want to kind of focus on this. You your book, you got a Branding Queens book, which everybody should check out on Amazon. And you focus on women who built global brand dynasty. You kind of mentioned some of them, um, you know, Oprah and all these. What unique strengths and traits have you found that women bring to the table in brand building, and how do these differ from traditional approaches?
1: Great question, Christopher. Thank you very much. There's a, I'm going to use another uh, quote that, that. and again, I don't know where it came from, uh, but I will build it and they will come. Uh, this is a quote where you, a lot of brands, um, that's how they started. I'm going to build something and they will come. What I saw in these 20 women was they built something because there was a problem um, that they saw. And generally they saw problems with they were the customer just as much as the customers that they were um selling to and so they saw problems that solved for them but also solved for other women so what it's interesting there is is that they continued to solve problems for their customers right away whereas a lot of products started with not solving a product they they developed a new idea a new way of doing things you know, I would say Apple um, with the iPad or with the I, I, iPod. Um, you know, it, it did it solve a problem? It, eventually it did, but there was no problem at the, at the time. It was a new evolution, uh, a new innovation. But what I saw in these 20 women was empathy. If building a brand is about making your customers feel something, Empathy becomes really important. And if you start with empathy, you're already building a strong relationship with your customer. So that's the first thing I saw. The second thing I saw was a lot of these women had no formal education. So Mm -hmm. they were taking on not only building a product and making the best product possible in the marketplace, because they were, in most cases, they were perfectionists. And... They were building these products and they had to build a network. They had to learn everything from ground zero. And what I mean by everything, everything from, you know, how to sell a product, how to actually build a product, how to distribute the product, how to market it, how to grow it, uh, how to finance it. So they were learners because they had to learn so much and there were listeners because they had to learn so much. And they also learned from the customer. And they went and they built their brand one customer at a time. A lot of cases, these women would be out there. Estee uh, Lauder, for example, she would always be out on the floor, you know, your cosmetic floor, first floor in the department store, it would have, you know, uh, her, all of her, uh, Cosmetics there, but she would be out on the floor, either spraying a product to create, you know, the the smell to get people's attention, women's attention. Uh, <laughs> she'd be out there with samples. She was the first to come up with free samples oh, that changed the industry because you know, if you get a sample of something, it it helps you, it it converts you much quicker than somebody trying to explain to you what's going to what the change is going to be. You yeah. can actually feel it. Or taste it. Uh, Taste is great too. If you're doing uh, like Mrs. Fields cookies, she used to be notorious for giving out uh, free cookies. (laughs) Same thing. But it is this relationship with customers and learning from customers so that they can make the product better. Those are just a couple. There's a couple others.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, Which is really fun. Then, kind of to close it out is uh, is, as I kind of talk about as an indie author, most surprising challenges you face with writing your nonfiction book and um, and then also advice for aspiring brand builders, for people just starting out on their journey. What's the most crucial piece of advice you have and what mistakes to avoid?
1: Well, I've never written a book before. Uh, it took me three years. I didn't know it was actually a book when I started. I thought it was just another um Uh, Blog that I was writing. And then it got a little way, got away from me. And I had to actually Google to find out how many words are in a book. Uh, And I was at 40,000 at that time. And then the book actually ended up at 66,000. Learning. And again, I I go back to what I learned from these women. First of all, I became an indie author because I saw these women struggle and built from ground zero. They wanted total control of what they were building. So I followed that same uh, principle of why I published my own book. And so I had to learn. I had to learn a lot. and and I knew nothing, but I had to try. And I tried and I you know I, I, eventually you also have to start with your principles as to what, you know, you think is right uh, as well. So that's how I published my book. I learned a lot. I'm actually writing a second book. Uh, I will know more now on how to get this book published uh, much uh, quicker than my my first. And then on your final question as to if you're starting out, what's really interesting is don't be hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not going to know why. You're not going to know your vision of your brand right away. You're too busy building whatever you're going to service your customer with. You're going to have to come up with a model of how you're going to service your customer. You're going to try and look to try and be unique in some way either offering something different than your your competitors you have to and you've got to make sure your product is delivered every time to the best of your ability and quality by doing all that you're not thinking about brands you're not thinking about branding you're just trying to execute and make sure that the customer is going to be happy the brand will come Okay. You need a name. Yes. You need, you know, some sort of parameters from a construct perspective, but don't be hard on yourself as to your customer as well. You may define a customer, but you may see actually somebody different coming into your door and Mm -hmm. you, you define something totally different, but you know, I, I saw a similar in my book. I thought my book was for people that were into branding. I found that a lot of people that are reading my book are entrepreneurs in particular women entrepreneurs uh, so you you will go in with a hypothesis but you will come out with better learnings as long as you're listening and watching so listen watch and you will your brand will come to you but to think that you're going to craft it all at the beginning i mean you've i you can see lots of famous brands out there that have changed over the years they change their logos you know but in a couple of years some change their logos they change their name they take their they, you know, they try to put a descriptor on the name, and then they decide, oh, you know what? That descriptor is narrowing my my opportunity. I'm going to take mm-hmm. that descriptor off. You know, you may have a brand that you know you started in English, but now it becomes an international one. How do you, you know, transition that? So, so be flexible. Be flexible and listen and listen to your your target audience. They're going to tell you a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that really fascinating discussion. And I really love, you know, you kind of talked to, you know, kind of described what a personal brand is and kind of talked about, you know, the influence of social media, AI you gave examples, you talked about your book and uh, really, really a lot of good, uh, great insights. How can people um, follow you, check out your work, etc. Uh
1: So uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, you can just Put in Razdiba and you'll find me. Uh, it's 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 Derek Kim I'm uh, Actually, my middle name is Derek. Uh, Kim is my first name. So uh, you can find me there at uh, LinkedIn. Or you can also go directly to my website. My website is Razdiba, R-O-Z-D-E-B-A dot com. Uh, and again, just Google diba, uh and you'll find me. It's uh, not too hard. There's not a lot of Razdibas out there.
0: And for all the audience out there, let's thank Kim for coming on. And like I said, a really fantastic discussion. And be sure to follow him, give him a like on his socials and check out his book on Amazon. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Christopher. I really enjoyed it.